recorded live. We are excited. Today is January 21st, 2016, and this is our first Political Economic Technology Action Committee, or PTAC, meeting of the 2016 year. We have covered um, what we're going to discuss on this call. The minutes have been published. They're on the website at blackparentconnect.com under PTAC members, and they have been emailed to uh, members. The financial reports for January 2016, we have six members dues paid so far. It's one more than last month. Um, we have an individual that's doing the $10 a month payment plan. So our current um, dues paid is $310. We received cash back from PayPal as terms of a refund for $3.21. So we have a total income of $313.21. What we have spent is the $25 Kickstarter donation for the movie Till, $97 for the Weebly website for last year and this year, $5 for a vertical response email blast from last year, $10.79 for PayPal fees for a total of $137.79 for expenses. Income minus expenses is $175.42. We have on hand in the bank and PayPal $209.42. And 42 cents. We have more money in the balance than our income versus expenses, and I'm still trying to figure out why that's the case, but right now we'll take it. <laughs> it's $209.42. And at some point in our February meeting for Black History Month, um, I'd like for us to think about moving at least half of it to a black owned bank that's online where we all would have access to you know, viewing transactions, et cetera, or all but $10 or just some amount that we can open up the account and know that our money is in a black owned bank. Okay. Any questions or thoughts on the financial report? No. No, sounds good. All right. Um, bylaw input just real quickly. Any thoughts and um, on the how the officers are to be assigned and and that was on the initial draft that I emailed to you all. Kind of left that part as a blank in the requirements for membership. Any thoughts just off the top of your head? Um, on membership, I think membership should be open. Um, to, the, the same way that you have it now, where uh, you pay to be a voting member. Okay. Um, and um, but other than that, uh, membership open as far as the dissemination of information, um, so that we can catch up uh, with the rest of the world out there, um, especially for those. Me coming from Texas, you know, I I can truly say we have been uh, blinded uh, in my generation, and a lot of people my age are finding out things that we were not taught or our parents even spoke about. So, you know, it, it can be frustrating at times, and I think just having that open door for folks to be able to get the information and process the information because, you know, it's a psychological journey there um, is good. Uh, having the paying voting members, I think that's the transition from 
and they get enough information to understand what we're what our purpose is and what we're doing, then they make that investment and that commitment. And I think that that's about that's it on the members part. On the officers part, um Joan, I've talked to you about this, you know, several occasions go ahead and appoint officers so that we can just um keep it moving because it doesn't seem as though we can get to that number of being able to vote on uh, who we want in those positions. And I think it's we really need to just go ahead and have some key people in positions with titles while we're out there uh, stomping the ground and using PTAC as our means to uh, get our foot in the door. Okay. New York just joined us. Michigan, your thoughts on requirements for membership and the officer's titles responsibilities for the bylaws? No, I, I, everything you guys are saying is good. Okay. New York? Yes, good evening, everybody. Um, I do apologize for my I'm just leaving the office uh, prepping for our conference this weekend as long as the snowpocalypse does not happen. Um, as far as the bylaws are concerned, I am just getting on the call, but I did have a chance to review them. And from what I've heard, I'm in agreement with what has been said. And as long as we have a full structure on getting this thing together, it's all systems to go. Okay. Well, we have the three of us on here now, and it's being recorded. So do we want to um, just speak forth on offices that you're interested, if any, in holding since the three of us are primarily voting members. Thoughts? I mean, I'll, for the record, I'll express interest in being the treasurer um, because the treasurer is the person that files all the records and gets everything set up for the super PAC. Anyone okay. interested in president, vice president, or secretary? Well, well, I am Michigan. Go ahead. Go ahead, guys. I am Michigan. Okay, Michigan first. Thank you. I'm trying to hear. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Okay. I was just saying, I initially said, when we first started, I said vice president. Whatever that entails, my plate is absolutely full, but I'm not afraid. So let's do it. Okay. All right. Vice President Michigan, New York, and Texas. Well, Joe, I'll be president. Okay. I have my back. I've got your back. <laughs> I mean, I don't mind being the mouthpiece. I mean, if you guys don't mind me being the mouthpiece, because I'm not afraid either. Okay, New York. So I guess that leaves the role of secretary, huh? (laughs) (laughs) Or is there interest in president? I'll I'll be honest with you. At this point, at this point, I'm not even, I, 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 not right now, Um, possibly next year, once school is completely out of the way. But um, at this point, if you will need me to be the secretary, I 
I believe I can oblige. I think you will be an awesome secretary. All right. So these positions will build into the, the bylaw. We will do them for one year initially, since it will be the first startup year. Mm-hmm. So we will have an election next January of 2017. All in favor of that? Aye. 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 Okay, so it's unanimous. All right, so President Lenita Robinson, Texas, Vice President Calvin Mann, Michigan, Secretary Jamal Vandenberg, and Treasurer Joan Gosier. And that's to get us started, up and running, and on the road. So congratulations, officers. And we will continue to map all this out and have the bylaws done by our next meeting, at least for us to review and slash discuss, change, edit, and um, put into action. Okay. Next on the agenda, uh, Madam President, would you like to continue on or would you like me, do I have the authority to um, continue through? Continue through, Joan. All right, well, next on the agenda is uh, the update on the Texas Southern two-day symposium, which was called Desire to Aspire, Leading All Children Toward Success. And Lenita is going to give us a report on how she got, um, you don't tell us all the inner secrets, but how PTAC basically (laughs) helped you (laughs) navigate into the room And then hopefully that will open the doors for us as well as those listening on what we can do and why PTAC is valuable and how much it's saved in your pocket to be able to to utilize PTAC. Mm -hmm. Um, The floor is yours. Okay. Uh, I don't know if any of you guys, would you heard of the executive director of the White House Initiative of Historically Black Colleges and Universities, uh, Dr. Ivory Tolson? At one point, he ran for a position for president over one of the HBCUs, and um, I just noticed that it's reading and processing data, and I um, did a background check on him to see what his ideas were. He has two papers out, Breaking Barriers and Breaking Barriers 2, and it's his take on um, how we interpret the numbers in the black community uh, in regards to black males. And so I guess with that, it put him in a position to garner the attention of those higher-ups. And um, he served as deputy director, and then he was moved up to um, director. So when I initially saw him running for the president for the HBCU, I sent him, found him on Facebook and sent him a friend request. And this is the power of social media. Um, and he actually accepted it. But even if he didn't accept it, I was going to follow him, which is what Facebook does. It allows you to follow um, and just follow where he would land and what the agendas and initiatives are so I can better position myself with my own personal businesses that I have here. Um, and I also mentioned it to Joan because um, with PTAC, we need to say she has HBCU Connect, so I mean HBCU Kids, so we wanted to make sure that we could stay in touch with an HBCU initiative out of the White House. Um, He posted the flyer, and I had been active in sharing his post um, without 
him saying anything I would just share because I know with Facebook, not a lot of people do that. We don't share information. So it's very rare. Um, I also know that Facebook will show the person whose ownership of the page who shared it, how many shares they get. So being that it's an HBCU initiative and we're very light on uh, ground soldiers on pushing that initiative um, out of the White House, that it was easy for him to see it was me sharing. So his familiarity wasn't with conversations with one another, but with me sharing his posts and making comments or whatever. And I tested his engagement by whether or not he would like a share or comment, and he did. So our conversations were very brief. Um, we never had a phone conversation, but he posted a flyer, and it was about this um, thing coming to Texas Southern University. I'm already a student at Texas Southern University, so that helps. Being an affiliate of PTAC, I can use that, so that looks good. And an affiliate of Black Parent Connect and Joan with HBCU Kids, knowing his background, it was easy for me to send him a personal message out of Facebook and ask for um, a way to attend without and, and the fee being waived because it was $300 on a parent. So to expect parents to be able to come up with $300 for that type of seminar, um, that was astronomical. And he obliged. Um, He sent me an email back telling me the information to send. So when I sent the information to him, I made sure to put in that I am uh, with PTAC, um, representing Black Parent Connect, and so forth. I put that first before my own personal businesses because at the end of the day, where PTAC and Black Parent Connect gets off the ground, the rest of us get off the ground because we all have programs that we want to provide in the community. Um, and so I was fortunate that he came back and said he put me in as a special guest. So imagine little old me, country girl out of Texas, <laughs> coming up to um, Texas Southern and being the actual special guest for um, Dr. Ivory Tolson out the White House. So needless to say, I was the only parent in the room and the rest were teachers. So I was able to get a lot of face time with a lot of important people and a lot of information um, that we can kind of build upon as we move forward in the next year. And and I don't know if you have in front of you, but some of the people were all these people there, Sheila Jackson Lee, Congresswoman, Alma Allen, State Representative, Joe Deschatel, State Representative, Sylvester Turner, State Representative Every- Lawrence Allen, State School Board Member Royce West, State Senator, and Rodney Ellis, State Senator. Okay. Rodney Ellis came, said his piece, and uh, um, brought in uh, his interns. Uh, Sheila Lee Jackson and Sylvester Turner didn't make it. Sylvester Turner at that time had a, um, it was his first council meeting. So call it a scheduling conflict or whatever, but the first council meeting was on that same day. Mm-hmm. Um, Alma Allen and Lawrence Allen. Alma Allen is actually Lawrence Allen's mother. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yes, so they were both there, and Alma um, told her story, which was very inspirational to me of how she grew up and all of that, and then her son uh, spoke about himself, and they're both in education. Um, the other uh, representatives also came through. The um, Jay Cummings, the uh, professor at TSU, Royce West was there, um, and so everyone was there except for Congressman 
Congresswoman Sheila Lee Jackson and Sylvester Turner. But I've had FaceTime with those folks, so those I, I wasn't really concerned with getting to them more as I was concerned with getting the Ivory Tolson at the time. <laughs> that was my main uh, objective was to get that FaceTime. So, I mean, and I say to everyone on the call, the when you go into these rooms and you find those beings, you would be surprised at how small, and I'm talking find a civic organization, the super neighborhood organization or your um, political party organization. We're Democrat down here in Houston, so um, I'm joining the Houston Black American Democrats uh, organization so that I can continue to build my relationship with these uh, politicians and these new up-and-coming aspiring politicians. Um, Those are the spaces to get into, and if you – Find the meetings to go to where it's only like a handful of folks in the room. That's when you get the best face time um, with these individuals where they're not stressed and pressed for time with everybody talking to them. So I've been doing that for the last year um, throughout the uh, campaign for Sylvester Turner. So now that he is mayor of the city, I have a personal, and I won't say personal, but I have a familiar face relationship with his daughter, Ashley, um, and I just saw her last night, um, the night before when I went to an event, and she and I were able to talk, and I tell her what I'm trying to do and get her to kind of buy into it in a more relaxed fashion than me just popping up in her face with just wanting something, and I haven't built a relationship with her. So I have spent a year um, getting in the face of these individuals to try and build a relationship with them. Well, let me ask you this. That said on the flyer, my brother's keeper, Houston movement was were they represented there? Did you hear anything from the My Brother's Keeper initiative? Yes, I did. And, um, give me one second, right quick, y'all. Hold on. I'm multitasking here. Hold on. You all have any questions or anything so far? Excellent information. <laughs> Thank you. Um, My brother's keeper, uh, Mr. Noel Pinnock, yes, they were there. And um, what happened in the meeting presentations was I stood up up and asked a question as a parent. And because I have been doing this for some time now, practicing, 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 I know how to get to the bottom of what I'm trying to say and say it to where it's not in an attack mode. But, you know, I was basically letting them know, look, we're in crisis mode, all this education in the room, and you mean to tell me no one here can help save our kids. We need it now. We don't have 30 years to wait um, for Texas to get it together because we've been fighting Texas legislating on education since um, they integrated the schools in Austin. So that's been 30 years. We're all grown now, and we've gone through that, and we're talking about waiting again. So that was basically my question, and uh, Mr. Noel Pinnock of My Brother's Keeper took note so much so that when we uh, took a break, it was, what is your name? Who are you? And, and all of this was going on. And so when he finally gave his presentation, Joan, every five seconds of him speaking, he would make sure to say, like, Lanita, Lanita. So by the time it was done, everybody in the room so, yes, in answer to that, um, I do know him, and actually he is from Jamaica. Um, his staff, one of the ladies, is from St. Lucia, and so we have a very strong Caribbean foundation um, down here that is involved in the community. 
that we'll be able to connect with past my brother's keeper. So, yes, I have his number. We took a selfie, and so I have that in my phone. I have a direct contact. Because once you get in the room with these folks, they're just people. And you could talk to them like just people, and maybe that's just my gift being raised in the country um, and moving to the big city, is that at the end of the day, there's a country mix in the city, and we're just all trying to get ahead. So we've left our country folks coming to the city. So at the end of the day, country is country no matter where you go, and you can always tap into it, and I'm very good about doing that. (laughs) So, um, yes, I was able to make contact with him and get his information and his staff information. Um, So it's good. I have a lot of information. They gave out a lot of information. There's a lot of programs. I um, have contact with the lady with the Texas Education Agency, which is TEA, She's a senior advisor, so she gave me her card. Um, The Texas Alliance of Black School Educators, I met the president, and so she has extended an offer for me to be a part of the organization as a parent advocate and representative. So from there, yes, I have a lot of work to do and a lot of contacts to make. And so um, with Joan, I say everything is about appearance and what you can put on the resume. So even with um, being president and putting that president in a PTAC, and it's a black family pack, when I walk in the room and I can say that officially and then it runs back to that and they see us because people know social media could move on a whisper, they respond to you better and they give you more resources. And so you're um, able to kind of carve and niche your way into um, spaces that most people wouldn't normally get. Amen. That's what it's all about. So applause, applause, applause. That is awesome. That's exactly what we're trying to do. Hey, we're going to get it for our babies. But, look, I'm going to put you on mute right quick. I need to run and do something right quick, and I'm going to come right back, okay? Okay. All right. Um, Before you leave, Calvin, can you give us um, two pieces? Can you give us a roundtable on what's going on in Michigan, any forms or um, conferences or anything that you were able to attend since our last call and anything that you, um, you know, want to share with the Respect Day, um, floor is yours. Um, first of all, uh, thank you. Um, uh, we don't have any forms until uh, I, this weekend I spoke at the prayer breakfast for the Baptist Church. They are asking me to... Um, you know, be a, um, you know, facilitator, sort of like a commissioner for a male basketball league, which I then turned it into, I want to recruit your sons for the mentoring program. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, February 13th, I'm speaking at the Partnerships for Dads. I'm doing a workshop there. Um, and but more important, partnership for who? Partnerships for dads. Oh, for dads, okay. Yeah, you can go to partnerships with dads dot com, and and we're you know they got everything up there for the, and they got like four hundred fathers registered the whole nine. But more importantly, uh, Respect Day. Respect Day really, uh, we're in need of everyone that's involved. You know, if you can touch your schools, if you can touch your um, you know, groups, church groups, things like that. We're, we're getting ready to add two more church groups, and they want to be a part of it. What Respect Day is about is 
we're taking a pledge April 6th to move forward to treat each other as human beings from April 6th on. Prior to that, it has a component where for every respect day shirt, part of the proceeds go to building our recreation facility, the whole nine. We also ended up on an RFP with one of the biggest nonprofits here, Focus Hope. And so we're getting ready to get some help from Pacific Allies. And Pacific Allies is a, a huge national thing. They're all over the country. And what they do is they come in and they take the event and they're able to, once they select your event or your proposal, they get involved with your project. And so here they've done the African-American Museum and the lemonade thing where they were teaching kids all over the country about selling lemonade and entrepreneurship. And so we're excited about that. We'll uh, we meet with them next Friday. But this Respect Day piece could really be powerful. We got, um, you know, we got the DSA right now. The, the students are putting together skits. Plays. We got one play where the kids are doing the light skin, dark skin thing, and how to end that. Um, then then the other uh, component where we got poetry and things like that. I just received an email for a PSA from Leon Isaac Kennedy for um, you know that's you know geared toward uh, a PSA that's going on the radio. And I'll be talking with them later on this evening about them being part of their uh, nonprofit. It's called menformation.org. And so they're out of California, and they want to partner and be a part of Respect Day as well. And so what we're trying to do is with Respect Day is create events and things around pretty much no cussing, no N-word, those types of things. But... You know, if you go on the website, you register, we send you a package, and you can build from there. Because we're expecting on April 6th to have videos from everywhere, pictures, uh, people buying into, you know, the Respect Day shirt, the whole nine. And and we know that once Pacific Allies put their hands on this, it's going to go completely to another level. So, excuse me, because they get to use their resources in, in the other Pacific Allies. The young lady sent us an email were excited and they wanted to know how they could participate in the Respect Day. So, you know, we we set a small goal, but we think that what is missing is self-respect. And we think if people understand how self-respect fits them, they'll then learn to respect others, which we have not taught. And so that's just something that we have to get to just on an everyday basis as, as people. We have to treat teach our children people, adults, to respect the next person just as a human being. We've lost that, and that's where we're able to attach murder, suicide, rape. Those things are attached to this National Respect Day. Um, Other than that, you know, we're excited about the Future Leaders Program. I heard her talk about um, um, what is that, that thing that came out of, Washington, D.C., I heard her talk about that. My brother's that. keeper. My brother's keeper. We would love to because we think, honestly, Joan, I, I'm, I'm watching, and me, I have a, a social competitive nature. I believe uh, our peer mentoring program, and, and this is, like I said, it might be biased, is second to none, and, and we're, we're going to add reading to this component. And after this year, you know, we should be flying. 
with this component on from the mentoring aspects because we're going to keep the respect going and build it. So other than that, hey, I'm looking forward to whatever comes down the pipe. We've been getting tremendous blessings. I mean, Saturday, um, I was donated to, man, I, I, I hate to even say it, but I can open up shop tomorrow and print my own stuff, put it that way. We were donated a, a ton of stuff. So now we're really aggressively looking forward to building to house and start printing and teaching the young people how to print. Awesome. Well, congratulations. It sounds like 2016 is going to be a breakthrough year. And what can PTAC do to support? Did you get my registration on um, your site? I, I don't know. I, had, I haven't even, uh, honestly, I was looking through and I didn't, I didn't see it, but I'm going to tell you right now, John, I know it's coming. And, um, you know, it should be there. Cause I did it, I think, the first day that you rolled it out. Oh, yeah, you were able to... to uh, it was just more like a contact, like you put in your contact information. So I didn't see anything about getting a packet. Okay, good. I didn't get a packet. Then it's in here. I'm, you know, I got to go through all this stuff because, you know, just last night we were able to get a, a couple got in. I didn't even see the young ladies last night, but I believe some of these things are going to spam, and so we, we probably have to fix that. Um, okay. But I'll check it, and I'll reassure you. But yeah, we most definitely, again, the way you can help is, you know, uh, if we got to get on the phone, if we have to talk to the school, you know, just getting the school involved. There's 11 things schools can do around this. The practice no N-word, the cussing, the uh, clean out your lockers. We, we kept it as simple as possible for Respect Day to be school-friendly and then allowing the kids to create things to go after the anti-bullying and those types of things. So we were looking for, you know, each school to come up with their own little thing that's geared toward respect but attacking the very things from murder and suicide, those types of things, because that's that's huge when the kids take leave. I mean, like the kids, I wish you could have seen the kids' face at DSA when we first went to them because they were the first per, first partner, first people we went to. Uh, what does DSA stand for? Uh, Detroit School of Arts. It's got every genre of children from death, um, LGBT, you know, they all have to audition to be in a school. It's like fame on steroids, literally. And it's mm-hmm. a brand new facility. It's, it's a brand new facility. It's it's awesome. They got state of the art everything, and the kids are like this is a school Aaliyah went to, and the kids are like through the roof. So you're getting, you know, you're getting ideas and everything. And we even got a video where the bully actually had taken and went and bought shirts for a girl that they made fun of for for the whole entire last year. And he oh, decided, and he went and bought, he said his contribution to Respect Day was going to be something different. And he went and bought the young lady some shirts, and we got the footage of that, and she was shocked. You know, you know, but she was one of those, you know, young ladies, you know, she not a whole lot of emotion, but, you know, once they got off camera, Miss Green called me and said, the girl just sat there and just cried. You know, you know what I'm saying? Because she was in the same, you know, the kids had been making fun of her. She was in the same shirt. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so the thing, because this was one of the young men that I said, oh, he's just distracted. You know, when I went to speak to the kids, he was the mm-hmm. guy that was sitting in the corner 
with his head down, playing on his phone. I say, see, we have people that are distracted. That's how things get by us. You're the future. This is exactly what I was telling the kids. They say, you're the future, but if your head's down or if your head is turned around, you can't see what's coming to you. Therefore, you're distracted. And distracted driving or distracted living will always have you behind. Mm-hmm. And so that woke him up. No, no. I said, well, look up the definition. I, How old was I said, he? He's uh, 17. I said, uh, look up the definition of respect. So he was all, you know, he want to prove to me that he's paying attention and, you know, doing his thing. And he was the first one to get, the, you know, so as the kids read it off, the young man, you know, it touched him, you know, and, and he, he wanted to do something. And, and so now, I mean, there's music and everything. So April 6th, that night, uh, we're going to have a whole show as a part fundraiser with DSA at their school. And so we're going to have a whole show. Ten dollars to get in, five goes to encourage them young, five goes to the students at DSA. And we're going to have some Respect Day shirts out there. And we're going to go for it with these kids. And, and, and we're excited about it because we know that we can multiply this. This is something that we intend to fully multiply nationally. That sounds great. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, it, it I, um, I'm sorry. I, I, I was talking about my brother. You mentioned my brother's keeper. You know, that was mayor initiated in your city, right? Uh-huh. On on there, did your did your mayor request to be a part of the program? Yeah, yeah, but here, see, you got to understand, Lanita, here in Detroit, it's very, very different. Whereas... You, they will share that type of information. Here, it's like it's a, you know, you got one guy, he went here, and he's the only guy. You know, we deal with a lot of that here. That's why things don't disseminate the way they can. And oh, so, no, I deal with the same thing. I, I, and Joan knows because I followed my brother's keeper initially um, when it started, and um, I was saying that I had the same complaint um, to Joan about how, I'm following it. I'm not being invited to whatever the planning meetings are. And so right. and I made that known to the gentleman that I met who just happened to be there. I was like, you know, it's funny because you're trying to find the spaces to get to the meetings. And I even get to the meetings that are not um, out there for press because you can go straight to the White House, sign up to be um, notified about my brother's keeper to keep up with it in your city and find out who's saying what. And one of the first initiatives that Mayor Anise Parker had done was for uh, homeless veterans. And that was my complaint. Like, what does homeless veterans have to do with um, the black community as far as my brother's keeper, persons of color, why we're focusing on getting our kids what they need? Because to me it's a, a crisis of kids. When you deal with veterans, that's a, a full scope. That's not just a black uh, male type of issue. So it always bothers me when we go into issues and we have to dilute the resources so that it's not specifically for us when it should be specifically for us. Slavery was specifically against us, (laughs) you know. So it's like, no, we need to have something that is designated for us and not what we have to share with everybody. But um, so I was very surprised when I saw that flyer and saw that my brother's keeper was going to be in the room and made sure to let him know. And they've already started programs that I don't know. So I deal with the same thing that you are dealing with. I would suggest go to the White House, get on the uh, mailing list, and Google my brother's keeper in your city because it's supposed to be transparent. 
So there has to be a document out there. That's the requirement of My Brother's Keeper. There has to be some document with your city um, that is showing who is in charge of what on that My Brother's Keeper program. Okay. Yeah. So um, you can can know who to to go talk to. I sure will. Okay. New York. What what do you have any forms follow up from that meeting that you went to on the sanitation last time or anything? Yes, um, I I do. Before I begin that, report, I just want to talk to Calvin. Um, I'd like to talk to you offline because there's an initiative. There's a respect day initiative out here where I live, which started about ten years ago, which has been up and running. Okay. And I'd like to share some thoughts with you on that. Um, as far as as far as my update, as far as the sanitation that I've not heard any updates in terms of that since since it happened. Um, How do you think <laughs> what do you think about the, the Flint issue in contrast to what you saw? I would say I know it's apples and oranges, but I'm just curious. It, like, are there different things? It definitely, it definitely is because you're looking at you're you're breaking down a village issue versus a city issue, and the rules, the beasts are a little different when it when it comes to village versus town versus city versus municipality. Um, the fact that it's pretty much gotten all the way up to the governor tells you how serious it really was. And I'm not going to necessarily say it was neglect, but it was definitely an oversight on on the government's part. And it's like turning a blind eye when you know that there's something out there that's going to hurt and harm your citizens. like, how can you sleep at night with that? Well, it happened. It happened to us last March. Um, we had a, uh, I think it was a seventy-two hour day. We did not have water. Um, 70, 72 hours where we were under, you know, strict water restrictions. School had to be closed. Businesses, restaurants, you know, anybody that dealt with water, ice, whatever, had to be closed. Because there was fuel, there was a fuel spill in our water supply. That was what initially hit the news, and the response was they didn't know what caused it. And it was interesting that my my twelve year old, she was eleven at the time, she looked at the television when they made the announcement, and she said, "Well, if they don't know what caused it, then how do they know that they fixed it?" And, you know, I was like, yeah, that's, that's a deep, I said, that's deep. I said, you're, you're, you're right, because it is kind of strange that you can fix something, but you don't know exactly what happened. So later on, when they started doing the investigation, you know, we had a black mayor elected by council this time last year. And so that's not a public vote. That's the members of council voting. And there were some disgruntled people because of that. Because, you know, if you have six votes or seven voters or how many voters, you know, a couple of people are going to be mad because they're not going to get the vote. 
And so um, by the end of the summer, it's kind of leaking out that it was sabotage, that somebody purposely left a valve open to make her look bad, you know, so that it would look like it was the city falling apart under black leadership. And um, as citizens, we haven't really done much, you know, to follow through on it. So I say to me, you know, for me, the Flint issue is a big wake-up call because, you know, like I'm nudging people like, hey, we don't know what's really going on with our water. I mean, we're not – this Flint issue made me go and print out – I have to go through it now, but I printed out all the water information about my city and all the city budget information and all the, um, you know, who's in charge of what and all that good stuff. And so my plan is when I get to the next council meeting is to be able to ask some questions. How do we know that there isn't any health concerns on that fuel spill last March? Because it's obvious from what's going on in Flint, people really don't care. They got theirs, and they really don't care about the masses. Did you read that uh, that documentation about the, the pipeline thing that I was showing you? Yeah, I, not yet. I have a printout here in front of me. Of um, I want to read about Enbridge. If you want to say anything about that, um, I just haven't read anything yet. That's why I haven't stated anything. But okay. I will, um, you know, the next meeting be prepared to to speak more informed. Okay. Okay. So, um, and this is to whoever's in Detroit. I just put that out there because I have been watching um, Detroit for some time because I used to work for an oil and gas company down here in Texas, and I know um, – they started building. I, I worked at the time they were building the technology to drill into these domes, shales, S-H-A-L-E, um, that house gas and oil and all of that, but it's like a big dome. And so a lot, a lot of the sinkholes that we start seeing or you hear about earthquakes and earthquakes in areas that have never had earthquakes, it's probably because they're pulling the resources out of a dome that's like a bubble, and once they've emptied that dome, the dome will, to me, common sense, the dome collapses. Um, and so that's what happened. So in North Dakota, there was a huge find. My company, ELG Resources, um, I, I went through the phase of them building the infrastructure, and I'm talking from the ground of there's nothing out there. We need to put telephone poles up. Uh, run electric electric lines, fiber optics to this location to build the city, basically. And this is all the gas that they were building. So um, I know what was going on in Detroit, and then they started building the railroad because they needed a way to move the gas. Well, I was telling Joan, while we were focused on key, the um, Keystone Pipeline, there was this other company that I found, researched and found out today that already was building the pipeline similar to the Keystone Pipeline. And so um, I found the timeline, and the project started probably around when President Obama went into his second term, and the completion dates were like 2013, 2014, and so on. 
Well, it kept pointing back to a company called Enridge, Enridge or something like that. I have to get the information again, and I can tag everybody in it. But they have a problem in Michigan. Enbridge, E-N-B-R-I-D-G-E. Okay. And they had a lawsuit already because they had an oil spill up there. Um, they have a pipeline that's running through the Great Lakes that is uh, old, and they want them to check it and make sure before they start sending crew through it um, to fix it. They don't want to do it. They're not doing it. And so I looked at the map of the pipeline that runs through that Flint, Detroit, Michigan area. And I'm not from there, so I don't know. I can't see. I couldn't put on the map to know where it was, but I do know it's a big issue of those pipes um, tainting the water sources. And so I was telling Joan that I think with the way everything is going that it runs a lot deeper than they. the way they're making it sound is the water came out clean, but it wasn't until it went through the pipes in the housing areas that it got all of this lead in it. And so um, what I would could, what I would say to anyone in Detroit is when you're in those meetings, ask the question, bring up research on Enbridge, bring up and ask, could it possibly be this pipeline, and I think it's line number five that runs through Flint, this pipeline that actually polluted that water uh, source and no one's talking about it. And we're not even going to acknowledge that it's there so that Enbridge, which threatened to sue the city when they were trying to pressure Enbridge to do what they were supposed to do, they threatened to sue the city, so they just dropped it. But I'm almost sure it's going to lead back to them. I'm not there, so I don't know. It's speculation theory and all of that. But, you know, we have to be diligent and ask questions big and deeper because just like we were looking at Keystone Pipeline and uh, trying to shut that down, in the meantime, Enbridge built, what is effectively Keystone Pipeline. Um, so we had a distraction and didn't even know we had a distraction. So for anyone in Detroit, that's where I would direct you to kind of look with that Flint water situation. I don't think it's just about what they did to the residents not taking care of the situation. I think it was a lot deeper than that, and it's going to go back to maybe uh, pipe contamination that no one wants us to address or deal with. Mm-hmm. Um, did you have a update on your forms or outs other than the one that you went to or um Lenita or any other community um, the community said well, I just encourage everyone to find your niche in the community. I go to a lot of small community gatherings, and I really use Facebook and the people that I've connected to on Facebook to um, find out where the meetings are. Um, get into a political group, care whether it's Republican or Democrat, find the local Democrat, Republican group, because at this juncture, we only have parties of power. They're either Democrat or they're Republican. Anyone else is just, you know, you don't get the contact like you need to. And show up at the meetings. You don't have to be a member. Um, to go and listen in. Um, you won't be able to vote, but you'll at least be able to start meeting people, seeing people, and making those contacts. Um, for Texas, it's big for us because we, I'm from Austin. If y'all have seen Austin, we don't, they've pushed us out into the suburbs and have pretty much taken over the city. 
done purposely because the capital is there, so now we don't have easy access to get to the Texas legislature. But we're going to change that. We're going to fundraise and bust ourselves in if we have to. We're going to get to the capital. So, <laughs> but they pushed us out far enough not to get there. But in Houston, I find it's a lot of um, stimulation in those meetings. You can get a lot of information from those meetings. I'm getting a lot of information and a lot of contacts. And since me and Joan have started this journey way back since Black Planet days, she tells me, um, the tone has changed. So a lot of people are more open to having those hard discussions because the data is there. So as long as you know your data, we already know what the data is, and as long as you speak, um, and not in an attacking way, but in a solution-oriented manner, um, you get a lot of good feedback from people. So that's that's the only thing I just get out there. We have to stump the ground, and we have to stay really focused and engaged. The Supreme Court justices are coming up for a nomination. You know, some folks needing to retire. They're in diapers. I don't even think they're making decisions anymore. But we need to change the court, and that's the real big thing that we need to push for with this election season. So everybody just get out there and keep us visible and keep disseminating the information. All right, thank you. I wanted to share three um, forms that I'm involved in. Um, we had a shooting over the holiday. Um, uh, it was gang-related, um, two brothers. One was injured, one was killed. And um, so the community was, you know, really upset. And so um, one of the churches is located right in the it's a housing community slash old days, we call it a project. Um, he's called a meeting with the police, the housing authority, um, the um, city council, the mayor, and concerned citizens and residents. So the first meeting we had was a bus because we didn't have any residents represented. So um, my pastor was there, and he spoke out and said, you know, what? how can we be planning a forum and we don't have the people who are being impacted. You know, we need their voice. They need to be in the room. So the second meeting, we had about five or six residents that came, and it was really good. I invited um, three of them to be part of this call tonight, but, they, you know, they might have gotten it late, and I'm going to encourage them to be on our February call. But um, basically they're going to have a big forum on January 30th at 1 o'clock at that church. They're going to go door-to-door, knock on each resident's door as a team to show unity and invite them personally to come out to the forum and let their voices be heard about things that they need, things that they want to see, and, um, you know, just to be aware of the resources that are there because they have these resources that are federally funded, regionally funded, state-funded, and they say the residents don't come out and use them, you know, like job training, all the things that people say that the community needs to be self-sufficient. They have a whole self-sufficiency program, but residents don't come out to the programs. And the residents say in some cases they're in the evenings, they don't feel safe. Whatever the case is, that's what this thing on the 30th is, to get all this out on the table so that another shooting and another death doesn't have to occur somewhere else in our city. And um, so I'm really excited about that. Um, On the same day, I'm hosting uh, my very first community financial workshop. It's called Making Ends Meet. Um, And it's basically, 
using biblical principles to get out of debt, stay out of debt, and manage, you know, whatever resources that you have, little, middle, or none, um, just how to survive without debt. And so um, my church, Friendship Baptist Church, is my host. And so I'm really excited. So I've been, you know, um, gathering all my little activities. So I have seven activities that I'll be doing hands-on um, with the participants. And then um, next month we are hosting, um, I just found out today, and you all can look this up. It's called the African-American Reading. And I don't know if anyone's heard of it before, but I never knew about I, it until I've today. It. I, okay. I've, I've, I just I heard learned about it, about it today. Ago. Yeah, it's it's um, been around for 25 years, they say. And it's um, it says, during the month of February, schools, churches, libraries, bookstores, community, and professional organizations, and interested citizens are urged to make literacy a significant part of Black History Month by hosting an African-American read-in. Hosting an event can be as simple as bringing together friends to share a book or as elaborate as arranging public readings and media presentations that feature professional African-American writers. Over the past 25 years, this event started by the Black Caucus of the National Council of Teachers of English has reached more than 5.5 million participants. And then it just goes on to tell you things that you can do. Um, so I wanted to bring that to this group because I'm, um, I proposed it in my middle school. We are reading Dr. Carter G. Woodson's African Myths and, African Myths and Folk Tales um, book as a school. We have 50 copies purchased by Title I Funds, and we're going to encourage families to basically participate in a contest where after you've read the book, then we'll have like a game at a bowling alley based on, you know, you've read the book as, your, as a family, so now your team is going to play against another family to win prizes, um, you know, to encourage the whole thing of, you know, reading together, family that reads together, stays together, plays together, and then they all bowl at the end. So um, that's what we're working on here locally. But I thought it would be neat if we, last year we did a book, um, well, Lenita and I did a book, a study, if you will, and I was thinking we could do a book, um, our own African-American read-in, maybe the end of February, the week after, a couple of weeks, maybe the week after our PTEC meeting, where we just spend, you know, an hour or two um, dissecting a book. And a book that I would um, propose is The Crisis of the Negro Intellectual by Harold Cruz, um, since it is an African-American author. Does anyone else have another book? And I was thinking it was directly relevant to what we're trying to do with PTAC. Thoughts, ideas? Do you think we could do it? Yes, and I, I'm, I'm liking the ISIS papers. <laughs> okay, <some> ISIS papers. <laughs> We've been so, you know, I'm an interviewer. Jamal? Jamel, I'm sorry, I'll stop calling you Jamel. Uh, Jamel. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm in for it. Like I said, I just need to know details, just uh, schedule-wise. I, I don't think I don't think my schedule will be as crazy next month as it is right now, um, because I'll be post-conference, and most of my big assignments will be done within the next two weeks. But um, 
I think you're in for it. All right, so why don't we do this? Why don't we um, strive to just do like a chapter from each of those two books? Because it would be, you know, hard for people to get the whole book and have it read and everything and, and have a meaningful discussion. But if we do, we could find probably one chapter online and um, share that link around. And then that way it might encourage people to read the rest of the book. That's good. I, um, breaking Barriers, I think we need to read those two, Breaking Barriers 1 and 2. I'm going to read it, and it, it should be – it, it's a free PDF out there, so you don't even have to pay for it. PDF. Okay. So we got those three. And what we'll do, we'll try to find a chapter that deals with, like, our children or education – well, children, politics, and the future, something that – that one of those three authors talks about. And then we'll encourage everybody to um, have it read by, like, the week after our PTAC, our normal scheduled PTAC call. And so that would be our next meeting is on February the 18th at 7. So we'll be saying February the 25th. That work? That's the third, third Thursday? Um, that's the PTEC means on the 18th, so this reading will okay. be the 25th. Okay. Yeah, 25th right. doesn't work for me. I have a work event. All right. That so means. we'll move it earlier in the week to like that Monday, the 22nd. That can that could work. That, that will work. work. All right. So we'll, that work for you, Lanita. The 22nd yeah. is a Monday. Yeah, um, yeah, Mondays are better. When it starts to get towards the end of the week, it picks up. All right, so Monday, um, what time would be good? We want to start at 7, start at 8? Eight. 8. 8. Is that 8 Central or is that 8 Eastern or is that 8? 8 Eastern. Eastern. Okay. 8 Eastern. Okay, so our um, our African-American... It's called the African-American Reading, and they have, like, a little form that you can fill out to describe what you're going to do. And so, um, you know, Lydia, we can get together and, um, you know, since our secretary is part of the group now, we can, um, you know, I'll, I'll start it and then, you know, forward it to the two of you, and then we'll get that submitted. Yeah. And then what that does is it puts us on their national list, and so mm-hmm. It, mm-hmm. it gets us out there. Mm-hmm. Yes, and I promise you the next meeting that we have, I will not be driving or on the train, and I will be oh, able you... to efficiently <laughs> take notes. At least you were here. So everything's recorded, so, mm-hmm. you know, we'll have access to that. And, um, okay. you know, we'll be transitioning, so we're not going to dump anything on anybody's lap. So you just, you know, pick up as you okay. can. Okay. All right, so that's all um, I had. Anything else we have, Madam President? Um, that's all I had. Are we going to – everyone's done their report? Calvin. Well, I, yeah. I, I actually did not get to do my report, and I've only got another 20 seconds because I'm on the move. But what I do want to say is I had a chance to attend Governor Cuomo's State of the State Address Earlier this month, I was in attendance for that, 
which was a very good speech, and I also had a chance to meet with members of the state senate, and I plan to attend the big caucus in Albany coming up in February, which is going to be talking about different issues of um, – I, I haven't seen the itinerary yet, but I do plan to attend the caucus at some point. The Friday before our next scheduled meeting. Awesome. Cool. And and again and again, I do I do have to go. But um, Calvin, I'd like to reach out to you offline and just Calvin. Some ideas Calvin with hung you. up. Calvin had to hang oh. up. So just in the Black Parent Connect or in our founders chat, you can okay. you know exchange. Yeah, because it was just us. All right, somebody okay. close us out in prayer. This is Ms. Lanita. Right. Close us out. Okay. Who, who me? Yes. That was slick tone. I wasn't prepared. That's <laughs> okay. From your heart. Yes, ma'am. Hold on. All right. With bowed heads and closed eyes, we humbly submit ourselves. We ask our Lord and Savior to give us the strength, the knowledge, and the power to continue pushing forward and pushing through, and to let our hearts guide us over all, everything else, as we know this year is going to be a trying year that we always keep our faith first and foremost, that we always keep our children first and foremost, and that we know with all things that you provide for us, and guide us with that we will be successful and we will win this race without a doubt. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Our meeting is adjourned. All righty. Good night, everyone, especially for those who are listening to the replay. This is exciting. This is historic, and we are on the move. (laughs) We are.